0: Welcome to Light Church. We're so glad you could join us for this weekly message. We hope this message leaves you feeling inspired and equipped to be all that you were made to be. Hey and welcome to Light Church. Welcome to our Easter Sunday virtual gathering. Happy Easter, We're so glad that you decided to tune in and join us this morning, whether you're watching from your sofa or whether you're watching from your living room, on your TV, on your phone, we're so glad that you decided to join us this morning. We just want to say happy Easter, and uh, we're going to spend some time this morning looking at why this is such a special day. We're so uh, glad that we can still join together, we can still celebrate, and uh, we can gather, and uh, welcome to church as we know it. Uh, Like I said, we're going to spend some time looking at why this day is so special for us as Christians, why this day is so significant, why it is the center of our faith. And uh, if this is the first time that you have ever tuned in, uh, we just want to say that you are so welcome. You are amongst family. And uh, if you've been watching every week, we're so glad that you've been on this journey with us. But this morning, if you would turn to John chapter 20, and we're going to be reading from verse 11. John chapter 20, verse 11 says, now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and one at the foot. Verse 13, they asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken away my Lord, she said, and I don't know where they've put him. At this time, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. Verse 17, Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. We're going to be diving into this passage, but we're just going to pray if you'd like to join me. Father God, I thank you for this incredible day. I thank you for the honor and privilege it is that we can still gather as the church. I pray that your presence would be with every single person watching right now, whether watching live or watching on repeat. God, I pray that you would just be so present as we study the scripture, as we look at what it means to live in the light of all you did on the cross for us. God, I pray that this would not just be a morning that fills us up with knowledge or encouragement, but a day that changes the way we live our life. God, let us come to know you in a deeper way this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I wonder if you've ever been in one of those situations where you've been so convinced that you were in the right place, or so convinced that you were doing the right thing, that you actually missed the signs that you were in the wrong place, or that you actually missed the things that would have told you you were doing something wrong. Like, you were so convinced that you were right, that you just missed everything. I, I remember at a time I was going home from college and I used to get the bus and I would get the same bus every single day. And obviously with the bus, the way it works is the bus takes the same route to the same place from A to B every single day, multiple times a day. This one day I got on the bus and I sat and as the bus began to take a little bit of a different journey, I, I, I remember sitting there thinking, this is strange. The, the driver's taking us on a different route to usual. Yeah, the thought hadn't occurred to me that I was on the wrong bus. I was like, oh, bit of a creative bus driver. He must know a quicker route. And every time the bus would take a a different turn, again, I would think, well, this is strange. He must be taking me. Yeah, no, it turned out I was on the wrong bus. And, And this happens. I wonder whether you can relate or whether you find yourself in a situation like this where you were just so convinced that you were traveling in the right direction that you just didn't notice any of the signs telling you that you weren't going in the right direction. I remember one time, me and a friend, we decided to go to the cinema. It, it was the morning and we'd, we'd phoned each other, hey, should we go to the cinema? And we'd planned what film we were going to watch, what cinema, you know, what time. And I remember towards the evening, I, I, I went over to his house and uh, this was before we were driving and we, we got a lift to the cinema. We, you know, we bought all the snacks that we needed. And uh, I remember walking up to the counter and saying, you know, can we have two tickets for this film, we got tickets, and we walked into the cinema, and as we walked into the cinema, it was dark, There was full of people, uh, and and the film was on, and we we were like a little bit late anyway, so we just assumed, like, oh, we've got got here just on time, and uh, we sat down, and we were enjoying the film, and as the film was going, I was thinking, like, Flip, they've jumped to the action so quick here, and it was just a really strange experience, but it was all good, and about 30 minutes into the film, uh, the credits started rolling, and people got up out of their seats. And I genuinely was in the weirdest place ever, because I was thinking, like, what a strange film. Like, the thought hadn't occurred to me that we'd, like, jumped in on a film before it, like, while it was nearly, nearly ended. I was just thinking, what a strange film. Like, are they trying to be creative? Is this, like, some new weird short film that we didn't know about? Like, they just try and pack all the action into 30 minutes. We were so confused. Like, what a weird film. We still hadn't clicked the fact that we'd gone in when it had nearly done. And we walked out, and we were, like, so confused. And uh, we, we decided, let's Google it, and we found, like, Flip. We'd literally just gone in 30 minutes before the film had finished. But all the way through that, the whole time we were watching the film, like, I was watching it as though it was the beginning of the film. And actually, can I suggest that this is so common in our life? In fact, you can probably relate to this more so than you might be letting on. This is so common for us to do that so often we get so fixated, so caught up in our own lives, so caught up in what we're doing, that we can actually miss what is going on. In reality, we can miss what's going on in front of us. In fact, this is exactly where we pick up this story with Mary and Jesus. Mary is so fixated on what was going on that she missed one of the biggest miracles in human history. One of the biggest moments, he just didn't click. You know, if this is Mary, who was around Jesus, how much more in our life do we go through this same process? You know, in your life right now, maybe there's moments that you're you're imagining of, of times that you've just been so caught up in stuff that you've missed what was going on right in front of you. But maybe can I suggest this morning that so often, God wants to work in our lives. God wants to speak to us. He wants to do things in our life. But we are just so caught up in what is going on around us that we miss it. I've got a couple thoughts for us this morning. If you're taking notes. The first thought I have for us that we can learn from this passage and my prayer today is that we do not uh, leave this stream this live stream with just some excitement or that was a good service or that was something to do in the midst of this lockdown but my prayer is that actually this would shift our relationship with God maybe you're watching and you've been a Christian for years my prayer for you is that we would begin to find a fresh perspective of God, that we would know him in a deeper way, that we would understand what the resurrection of Jesus means in our life in a new way. And maybe you're listening to this message and you think, you know what, I've heard about this God, I'm intrigued about church, about faith, about this idea. Uh, maybe you're just turning to religion or faith in this crazy time. And you know, my prayer for you is that you would leave this live stream this morning with the knowledge of who Jesus is. And the knowledge that he wants to work in your life. If you're taking notes this morning, my first thought is expectations can often distort evidence. Expectations can often distort evidence. Expectations are funny, aren't they? We all have expectations, whether that is an expectation about your job or about a family or about uh, a holiday. I mean, every single one of us has expectations. Every single one of us, whether you would uh, agree to this or not, but every single one of us has expectations about God. You might have the expectation that actually he is all good, that he is all knowing. You know, you might have the expectation from the Bible. You might actually have the expectation that uh, God is the universe and it's positive energy and all that sort of stuff. Or you might actually have the expectation that God does not exist. Therefore, your expectations are very low. Of what he would ever do but every single one of us has expectations about God can I suggest to you this morning that sometimes maybe our expectations are the very thing that blind us from God our expectations of God can be the very thing that blinds us from him I mean let's look at this all throughout the Bible okay so in the Old Testament Israel knew that a Messiah was coming. They knew that it was going to redeem Israel. It was like God was going to send a Messiah. And this this was like known for years. There was prophecies. There was things written about it. Like they were anticipating the coming of a Messiah. See, but the problem is a lot of uh, people in Israel assumed that this would be like a militant leader. That it would be someone who would come and fight for Israel. It would be someone who would come and uh, like liberate them, that would free them in a way that they were expecting. So when Jesus shows up on Palm Sunday, which was last Sunday, shows up on a donkey, they found that so difficult to accept him because he did not look how they expected. In fact, so many people missed Jesus, missed the Messiah the very thing that they had been anticipating for generations and generations that had been passed down from family to family to family. The very thing in their lifetime that could they could have seen, they missed because it wasn't what they were expecting. I mean, this is exactly the same for Mary. Let's pick up this story. So Mary is with Simon Peter and John. And they go to the tomb, and they see that the, the stone had been rolled away. And Simon, Peter, and John, they, they go into the tomb. They see that the grave clothes had been folded up. And they, they begin to, like, search, and what has gone on? Like, he is not here. Someone's stolen the body. And, and Mary begins to weep. And Simon, Peter, and John leave the tomb. It said they believed that he wasn't there, but they didn't know what that meant. They just didn't understand. They hadn't put two and two together. They leave feeling down. But Mary, she stays, and and she goes in, she sees some angels. And she comes out of the tomb, and she sees Jesus stood in front of her. The very thing that she was looking for, the very person that she was searching for, is stood right there. And it says in verse 14, but she did not realize it was Jesus. Like, hold up a second. She thinks it's the gardener. So frantically, she's like seeing this guy. She thinks it's the gardener. And he says like, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? The very person she's looking for is asking, who are you looking for? And again, frantically, she's like, "Ah, if you've moved him, just tell me and I'll take him. And I love this because I read that some scholars believe she must have been a large lady able to carry a man. Or she was so desperate. She was so desperate to get hold of him, she didn't even think about the logistics. But she says to Jesus, who she thinks is the gardener, if you've moved him, let me know, and I'll go get him. You know, Mary was so, so convinced that she was looking for a body, that she missed the living God. She missed the resurrected Jesus. You know, Mary was so caught up with the events of the Friday, with Good Friday, of the death the crucifixion of Jesus, it was so vivid in her mind that she just couldn't see the resurrection. I I don't know about you, but this challenged me. Like, how often in our life do we live on the Friday? You know, we live in our brokenness. We get so caught up in things haven't gone the way I expected. We we live in the fact that like sin just overcomes us. We just live in the fact that we'll never get rid of this addiction. We we live in the way that I'll never you know have a family that's whole. We live in this place that is just so broken that we miss the fact that Jesus overcame it all and gives us an opportunity to live a free and wholesome life. Mary was so fixated. On Friday, that she missed the events of the Sunday. She was looking for a body that she missed the living God. You know, I don't know about you right now, but maybe your expectation of God is the thing blinding you. Maybe your expect, expectation of God is, oh, he was, uh, Jesus was a good man. Or maybe he was a, uh, a political rebel. Or maybe he was just this crazy guy who wanted to make, you know, stir up an uprising. Maybe you just think he was just a a kind man that history writes good things about. And that very perspective is a thing blocking you from the risen God that wants to work in your life. So who is Jesus? Who is this man? Well, let me tell you, on this crazy day of Easter Sunday, of Resurrection Sunday, listen to this, in Philippians 2.6, it says, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, essentially, Jesus is God, and this passage said, but he didn't lord it over, he didn't come like a tyrannical master, and come and That at that name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus was a living man. He was born a baby. He lived a human life. And on Good Friday, they nailed him to a cross for your sin, for my sin. He poured out all divinity and three days later he rose again and God exalted him to the name that is above every other name. I don't know what you're facing this morning. I don't know what's going on in your life, but let me encourage you the name of Jesus is above any virus, is above any debt, above any unemployment, is above any situation that you could ever face. His name is above it. Don't get so caught up in the events of your brokenness, in the the horizontal stuff that we face in our life. When Jesus, when he walked out of that tomb, he trampled death, he trampled fear, he trampled shame. He allowed us to get back into relationship with God. That's what he did for us. That is why today is the epicenter of our faith. That is why today is so significant. He did that for you. He did that for me. When he was hanging on the cross, he said, it is finished, and he meant it. Our expectations can distort our evidence. I wonder what it would be like this morning if you just prayed a very simple prayer. Jesus, would you meet me where I'm at? Jump over my expectations, jump over my preconceptions, over my cynicism, my skepticism, and meet me where I'm at because he will. I encourage you. Expectations can distort evidence. A second thought for us is that revelation begins with a call. Revelation begins with a call. Have you ever had one of those moments where you're just going about your daily life and you just have like like a little epiphany, like a little like, oh, where something clicks, where it's just something just drops into place. Maybe you hear a song and you just... Suddenly remember something, or maybe you are looking for something you can't quite remember what you're looking for, and suddenly something reminds you, you just have that click moment. We well, see it's just the same with revelation with God. See what is revelation? It just means like the curtain being being pulled back it's like something that was hidden is now revealed. So when we talk about revelation, it's something about the nature of God that is revealed to us. see it's just the same with God is that it always begins with a call. Like we see this all throughout the Bible. We see Moses in the burning bush. This burning bush calls out Moses. And he has this moment where he realizes just the majesty and the power of God. And we see Saul on the road to Damascus. God calls and something flips. And this is exactly the same for Mary. Let's just pick this up. So Mary says to Jesus who she thinks is the garden like uh, if, if you've taken away let me know and I, I, i'll i'll take him and then listen to this this is so profound jesus he doesn't try and persuade he just says mary and all of a sudden the way he said it no one else could have said it like him no one else said it in that way no one else knew her in that way that very familiar sound those That single word, Mary, just switched something inside of her. And she realized who she was talking to. You know what I find really interesting? When Jesus presents himself to Mary, and he has to persuade her that, hey, it's really me. He he doesn't try and persuade Mary by telling her who he is. He persuades Mary that it's him. By telling her who she is. Do you not find that interesting? That actually the resurrection of Jesus. Okay, satisfied God's wrath against sin. It, it justified us. It allowed us to get back into relationship with God. It allowed Jesus to restore what we call the creation ideal. When we were created in God's image. We call this the, create, the creation ideal. This is what we were meant to be, and then sin destroyed. And what Jesus did on the cross, he allowed a way to uh, restore that creation ideal. We can now live as we were meant to live. When we live in the light of the resurrection, it is the only way we can be holy, truly, you and me. In the light of the resurrection, we become all that we were made to be. When we encounter Jesus and we learn about his majesty and, and who he is and his love and his unrelenting peace, we really learn who we really are. Listen to this. Romans five eighteen says, Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. This is saying in Adam. In Adam and Eve, back in Genesis, when the fall of humanity, all humanity was torn, was fallen, was broken because of Adam's sin. All humanity is restored through Jesus' sacrifice. We fall via Adam, and we are redeemed through Jesus. It goes on, it says, for just as through the disobedience of one man, Adam, The many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. Revelation begins with a call. Can I encourage you the same voice that called out Mary's name is calling out your name this morning. Whether you've been a Christian all these years and you just need that fresh revelation, or whether you're sat here just desperately wanting that void inside of you filled, the same voice. Voice that was crucified, that walked out of the tomb three days later. That same voice that called Mary's name is calling your name this morning. He desperately wants you to know Him. He's calling your name. He wants you to step into your future. He wants you to step into all that you are made to be. The possibilities, the potential, all of the stuff He has put inside of you. He is calling your name. This morning, All humanity has this void inside of us that can only be satisfied through God. That can only be satisfied, satisfied through what Jesus did on the cross. And when he walked out of that tomb, we can be fully who we were made to be. I don't know about you, but that encourages me. On this Resurrection Sunday, when we get to celebrate all that Jesus did, and we remember that that same voice is calling our name, That changes the way we live. That changes the way we face this virus. That changes the way we face hardship in our life. We might get stuck on the Friday, but if we remember that the same voice that has been resurrected from the grave is calling our name, who wants to be in relationship with us, that changes everything. That changes how we would uh, approach anything in our life. And it's available to us right now. Jesus has his hand out expectations can often distort evidence and revelation begins with a call i wonder are you listening out for that voice this morning i I love in this passage just after these sequence of events and mary drops to her knees and says rabbi and she she holds it onto i can imagine holding onto his leg and just being like "Ah, i thought you were gone and she was so close to missing what was going on here. I mean, I don't know about you, but I think I would be a little bit like her. I was totally kidding. I didn't think you were the gardener. Like, I don't know. But she, she holds on to him. And Jesus says, hey, you know, don't, don't hold on to me. My, my time is, is not come yet. Like, you know what I find interesting is that nothing had necessarily changed. Mary was the same. Jesus was the same. Now, some scholars believe she didn't recognize him because he still bore some of the, the, the marks from the crucifixion. But either way, it's strange that she didn't recognize him. She saw him on the cross. Why didn't she recognize him now? But, you know, she hadn't changed. Jesus hadn't changed. But yet everything had changed. The way of relating to Jesus had changed. Now, what went from a physical relationship now moved into something deep inside of her. And Jesus says to her, go and tell my brothers. Now This is interesting because all throughout the New Testament, he doesn't call them brothers. He calls them disciples or followers. But all of a sudden, he says, go and tell my brothers. The resurrection of Jesus welcomes you into a close family relationship with the living God. How incredible is that? when we acknowledge that jesus died for my sin for your sin we enter into relationship with jesus he welcomes us in the risen jesus says to mary go and tell my brothers so she hurries she runs she busts in you can imagine they're all like feeling a little down and you know Simon peter and john had already been and and all of a sudden like mary busts in the door and this is what she says she says i have seen the lord she didn't say, like, he's here, our mate, like, uh oh, the, the teacher, the one we follow. No, she says, I have seen the Lord. How profound, how simple. I wonder, when we share our faith with people, do we talk about, oh, you should come to our church, or, hey, you would love the idea of spirituality, or you would love the idea of having faith or hope, or, or do we just simply say, hey, I have seen the Lord. I've seen what he has done in my life. I've seen what he has done in the lives of those around me. You need to come and see him. Yeah, I'm sat here this morning, wherever you're watching from, can I just say, God is real and he wants to move in your life. I have seen God at work and he wants to know you. He wants to work in your life right now. Imagine if we lived in the simple reality of I have seen the lord life would look a little bit different wouldn't it just coming into close i know something really interesting about jesus and i actually think this could be so profound so powerful if we can grasp hold of this if you at home can grasp hold of this simple truth see jesus is in the business of flipping stuff on its head he says it in his teachings uh, all throughout the new testament like you know the the way up is down like if you want to be exalted, then humble yourself. If you want to be first, then be last. If, if you want to be blessed, then give. Jesus is in the business of flipping things on the head. And I noticed something here. See, what the world saw as a violent torture method of the cross, Jesus turns into being the symbol of hope. When the world saw the cross as being a symbol of despair and pain, Jesus flips this symbol. He makes the cross to be a symbol of hope. How insane is that? When the world sees the tomb as a symbol of death and decay, Jesus flips to the tomb being a symbol of life. Your life might be a symbol of brokenness. Your life might be a symbol of despair. It might be a symbol of hatred. It might be a symbol of just a severe lack of worth. Your life might be a giant symbol of pain. But Jesus wants to flip it into a symbol of hope, into a symbol of restoration, into a symbol of peace, a symbol of worth. He wants your life to shine as a son or a daughter of God. When you look at your life and the world might look at your life as broken, worthless, nothing. Jesus wants to flip it on his head and say, your life is a symbol of worth and of value. That's the Jesus that we serve. Let me read a passage from Colossians 2.15. I think this sums up why this day is so significant for us and why this day should change your life forever. In the message version, Colossians 2.15 reads like this. Listen, it says, When you are stuck in your old sin-dead life, you are incapable of responding to God. God brought you alive right along with Christ. Think of it. All sins forgiven. The slate wiped clean. That old arrest warrant canceled and nailed to Christ's cross. And listen to this. He stripped all the spiritual tyrants in the universe of their sham authority at the cross, and he marched them naked through the streets. This passage said, once you were dead, but you've been made alive with Christ. When Christ rose and walked out of that tomb, it was the beginning of God's new world. It was the beginning of freedom. It was the beginning of redemption. It was the beginning of of something so special and profound that rippled throughout human history, ripples throughout eternity. I love this last part of that verse. It said, he stripped all the spiritual tyrants in the universe of their sham authority. See, so many things in our life present themselves to us like we have authority, like they have authority. It might be a sickness and you bow to its authority and you just think like, ah, I'm never going to get free from the you know, the prison it's put me in in my mind. And Or maybe it's an addiction. I'll never get free from it. And actually... What it's saying here is the cross of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus. It tore away the sham authority, the false authority, the plastic, the hollow authority of all of these spiritual tyrants. It rounded them up and it marched them naked. It humiliated them. It made shame feel shame. It made death experience death. I don't know where this message finds you this morning. I don't know whether you're sat here thinking, you know what, that void is so real to me right now. I just need a savior that can fill. I-, I just need to respond to the voice that is calling my name. You know, for whoever you are, the response to this message firstly is exactly the same. I want to encourage you to respond to this message and ask God to snap you out of your fixation, your obsession with all the things around us with the brokenness, living on the the sadness and the pain of Friday and snap you into a heavenly revelation of life on Sunday, life in this new world of freedom and peace. We can all respond to that message this morning, that what Jesus did has freed us from the guilt and shame of our sin. And maybe you're here Listening to this message, maybe for the first time, and you say, you know what? I want to meet this Jesus that went to the cross, was buried, and after three days rose again. If you want to meet him, I just want to encourage you to pray a very simple prayer. We pray this every week. Just say, Jesus, I give you my life. In the midst of your brokenness, in the midst of your pain, in the midst of the confusion, the chaos, Jesus, I give you my life. All of it the bits I want to hide, the bits I'm ashamed of. Jesus, I give you my life. And if you prayed that prayer, can I encourage you to tell someone? You can email us at prayer at light.church. We'd love to hear of you. But if you've prayed that prayer, welcome to new life. Welcome to real freedom, to real purpose. Your life will never be the same. If, uh, like I said, if you did pray that prayer, we'd love to hear of you. And uh, I'm just gonna pray to close. And, uh, you know, on this Easter Sunday, just take a moment. Take a moment, say, God, snap me out of all of this stuff that I am so stuck in. And help me see you in a new way today. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for this amazing day of celebration. For a day that we can celebrate the fact that you trampled death, that you freed us from sin, forever. A day where we can celebrate just how powerful you are. We declare that your name is higher than all other names. God, we just thank you for your unending, unrelenting love, that you loved us so much that you would go through this for us. I pray for every single person that prayed that prayer. Jesus, I give you my life. God, make yourself so real to them right now. God, I pray that today would be a day of revelation revelation of who you are. We thank you. We pray that this day is one of joy and of celebration in every house and every person under the sound of my voice right now. We thank you for all you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, it's been so good uh, to join with you this morning uh, from Uh, Light Church and all those involved, we just want to say thank you for being a part of these virtual gatherings. We've just had so much fun, and uh, it's so good to see so many people uh, liking the videos and subscribing to the channel, not because we want more stuff or or any of that stuff. It's just so that we can connect in with you, so that we can carry on to be a community, to be a family. So I want to encourage, if you haven't done already, you can uh, connect with us on our social media. You can connect with us by subscribing or liking these videos, And uh, our community care response, I'm sure you'll be hearing a little bit more about that um, over the next few days and weeks. But if you do need help, there is a number and an email address popping up on the screen right now. We can do shopping, we can do prescription pickups, all of those sort of things. We've partnered with File Council, we've partnered with the NHS, and we've partnered with some local supermarkets. And so we just want to uh, partner with you. If you need help, then we can help. And uh, if you want to get involved and volunteer, also get in touch with us. Uh, But we just want to say to stay safe in this time. Uh, Thank you for joining us. We're praying for you. We love you. And a big happy Easter. We will see you next week. You've been listening to a weekly message from Light Church. If you would like any more information, you can find us online or on social media. Thanks for listening.